I think it's a time when God is disrupting the structures that men have created and has always been justified. Well, this brings the word of God to more people. And, and some of them were sincere and true and some of them might not have been. But at this point, I think God's starting to disrupt the, the, the way it looks, the way we do church, the way these things happen. And it's more important than ever to start searching for the structure. You know, we're doing a, a Wednesday night and it, it was going to be like, let's make songs together. It's starting to turn into more like a prayer and worship time. And they're like, hey, let's go back and, and start working, doing songs, doing this other thing. My heart's only saying, let's do prayer and worship. Let's do prayer and worship. Let, and let like, the Holy Spirit move. Let the Holy give, give yeah, free reign. It's, it's, I think it's more important than ever to, to be searching for what, what format does God want from me right now? Not what anybody else is doing, not what's going to attract the most people, not what's going to be the most fun for everyone, but what is the format that's going to please God or that's going to allow what he wants to bring about here? I'd look at it this way, dude. Look, if you, if you like what's going to bring the most people and you do whatever you can to get the most people, you know, they had these ideas, oh, well, we're going to do all of this and get the gospel out here to more people. Well, you may have got it out there, but was the Holy Spirit moving? The, the marketing guy, Seth Godin, he puts it like this. You try to make a website that's going to attract everybody, the most people you can ever get, in the end, you're going to end up with a porn site. That's how to attract the most people. Yeah, you will. So you got to decide who you. <laughs> so let the Holy look. No man comes to the Father but through me, and no man comes but the Holy Spirit do the drawing. So if we're doing like what you suggested, like man, I'm just going to get together. I'm going to praise and worship Him, and I'm going to just open myself up. And let the Holy Spirit come and do whatever it is he wants to do in me. Bring that change in me so it affects everyone around. And if you let the Holy Spirit begin to do what the Holy Spirit wants to do, when the real movement of the Holy Spirit shows up, the people will come. They'll come. And you get a man-made manufacturer team, you'll get a few. You know? And you might be able to sell some books off the book table. Yeah. And might be able to take past the offer and play and collect something. But if the Holy Spirit's really being moving, the, the, the people will come to see that. Yeah, that's why they all came running to put Peter and John because they had saw a move of the Holy Spirit. They thought it was Peter and John. Peter had to go. No, 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 no. Y'all got your focus wrong here. Yeah. See, what I'm saying, let me point you to the one who really does do this. <laughs> See, what I'm saying, and it, you know, and and you look at you know Peter down the road. Pete was messing up all over the place every day. You know, Peter even after he has this amazing experience, you know, the tongues of fire and the you men of Judea and all of that, and then the, the lame guy, silver and gold, I ain't got none, you know, and. And a little while later, or, you know, maybe there's the, he gets the dream and a sheet comes down and rides, kill and eat, whack him and stack him, Pete, you know, and, and what does Pete do? He argues with God. Not so, <laughs> sir, you know, not so. And finally, three times, Pete was quick after a long time, you know. And the third time, Pete was like, oh, oh, I get it now, you know. <laughs> and the doorbell rang and the Holy Spirit said, that's for you, go on and get it, you know. And then Pete goes down there and says, oh, I perceive that I'm not the call on. Yeah, you just now getting that, you know? But is and a little bit later you find that Paul has to rebuke him because he Pete's still struggling with his own prejudices. Yeah, you know. So that that was shows you the change, the progressive change that came in Peter's life. And this is a guy who walked with Jesus every day yeah. for three and a half years. This is a guy who walked on water with Jesus, you know. And he still had to have those moments where God had to go, "Hey, boy." It was interesting that. Jesus wasn't preoccupied with correcting their theology. 
And he, he really didn't work much on their religious views. You know, he, he reinterpreted the law for them, gave them some, some points like, this is what it really means. This is what it's really saying. Like, Whoa. You know, blew their minds a few times. But he wasn't worried yet about breaking all that open. He's like, these hearts need to be open to God, to the movement of the Spirit when it comes, that when, they, when it comes, they'll respond to it, and then they're going to be okay because the Spirit can teach them whatever else they need at that point. Yeah. They can correct what, what is in the wrong area. He made sure they had that relationship with him. I think that I like what you're saying there because that's what stood out to me as you said it was. Uh, it was like, you know, he focused on making sure he had a relationship with them. Yeah. But they had a relationship with him. When he showed up and they didn't recognize him. Did not our hearts burn within us? You know? Yeah, it's going to keep burning. Spiritual heartburn. (laughs) You know? (laughs) No soda water is going to cure that, you know? (laughs) So. Should we call You know, if you stop and think about this, dude. All right. Before Adam gave, for God gave Adam a woman, what was the first thing he did? He made sure that Adam had a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Come out, hung out in the cool of the garden every day with him. And then God did what? He gave him a job. Mm-hmm. So if you're a young man looking for a woman, you better make sure you have a relationship with God and you have a job. Otherwise, you don't need no woman. You see what I'm saying? And then you look at Eve. God makes Eve. When Eve wakes up, who's the first face she sees? She sees God's face because he's the one who made her. So God made sure that he, she had a relationship with him before he ever brought her and said, hey, this is a man. See, he made sure they both had a relationship with him before he brought them together. Because it's hard enough, Ooh. even when you both do. That's right, even when you both do. <laughs> Look at the trouble they got in, you know? <laughs> so, you know? So, but man, if you, if you both got that relationship... Then you go to the point where Jesus was working on his their relationship with him to bring about the change so that they could both walk in the freedom, so you could both walk in that union. And if you allow the Holy Spirit to bring that change into your heart and life, then you, you're one who can be quick to go when the Holy Spirit brings a correction to you. Mm-hmm. And you can go back, well, I need to get humble, go back, apologize to my wife. Yeah. Or I need to get humble, go back, apologize to my husband. I tell you, look at the, 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 here's the key to having a long relationship, any relationship, but specifically the key to having a long marriage. I'm sorry, and I forgive. You learn them two things, you'll have a long relationship yeah. of any kind. You know, but specifically in marriage. I was reading in, about this. In my marriage, I, I say I'm sorry more than my wife does. But, you know. <laughs> this guy who, he was, he, he, it was a friend, like a close friend, and she brought him to, back to her family for Thanksgiving or Christmas or something, so it must have been pretty close. And he's there, and, and all of a sudden he's having this vision of like these these different hopes and dreams and family memories and, and just the all the love that was in that home and that house. And he's like, wow, he'd been really moved. And then God just showed him how much he loves that woman. Well, then later on, you know, their, their relationship grows and they get married. And he knew this was of God. But they still went through all the the all the steps. There's, there's still that... Um, grinding of the will when you come together you know two millstones <laughs> until you get in sync and and it takes it takes time it takes determination it 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 takes humility 
to come together and, and become one person together to trust each other. Uh, I saw a guy do this today. He did, like he said, they had two, but they become one. And you turn your hand sideways. And it looks just like one. You see <laughs> what I'm saying? Yeah. I was like, oh, that's pretty good. I like that, you know? Because two was still there, but they look like <laughs> one, you know? I would like to, to do more on the freedom thing because I think there's so much more that we can show the freedom of Christ. Yeah. And the freedom of this nation. And so much more freedom that this nation could walk in if she would go back and embrace, though imperfectly, mm -hmm. because uh, Jefferson and Adams and, and Franklin and, and, and Witherspoon and, and all the others that were there, they were at Hancock, they were not perfect men. Yeah. They made mistakes along the way. Uh, you, know, you know, but Benjamin Franklin, uh, they, he had actually started an abolitionist uh, society and program well before the Declaration of Independence. I think as, uh, in the early 1700s, he was already working on the ideology in, in opposition to slavery. Oh. You know, but it took this nation another 87 years, you know, uh, to get to the point where we had to fight that civil war. Yeah, once it's in place, it's it's really hard to root out. England had the abolitionist movement, and they were able pretty easily mm -hmm. to to push that through. Why? Because they their economy wasn't built on slavery. Right. You start building an economy on slavery, all of a sudden you got all kinds of problems. Well said, right there. All of a sudden you got all kinds of problems. And you know? the structures that we're building in our nation today. We're creating future problems. Yeah, it is creating, because it's creating a dependency, you know, and uh, on a system. Mm -hmm. And it's a system that's terribly flawed. Yeah, the system yeah. is broken. And and I can admire some of the people who who have this, this vision of a utopian socialist society. I mean, there's nothing wrong with... It's unrealistic, with, but... Yeah, you there's know. nothing wrong with, with wanting to take care of other people. I think it's a it's an admirable goal, mm -hmm. but when you're doing it on top of a broken system, you know you you, you look at the there's states running out of of Medicaid money. Why? Because the medical system is broken, and and there comes a limit to the time where you can keep throwing money into a system that's already broken, but nobody's willing to fix it because the economy is based on these broken systems. Our, our medical system, well, the uh, the insurance companies are making this money off of them. And then there the courts, well, you know, I don't think the courts are really involved, but they make the money off of, the, the lawyers make the money off of suing the medical system. And then the producers make the money off of bumping up their prices because the middlemen make the money off of selecting one producer and making sure the hospital only buys from them because they can get a discount so long as they don't buy from those guys. And then the hospital, and then, you know, at every point, you've got leeches all over sucking money out of the system. And it's like, okay, we're going to help everybody by throwing billions of dollars more into this system. Yeah, and you're doing good so money after bad. Hope that it, enough trickles down so that we can help people who need help. There really is no reason that America shouldn't have either uh, low medical prices or free medical care. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a doable thing. Brazil is doing it. People still pay money 
to go to the good doctors. So you still get into that. Well, there's a good point right there. Yeah. You have a free medical system, and then you have the good doctors. Yes. If you think that the federal government should be in charge of your medical, go be, be a patient in a veteran's <laughs> hospital someday and see how well you think that works. So, so yeah, the idea of free health care is a lot different than the reality. But there's no reason that America should have the highest medical costs in the world either. Well, and and it's a broken system. So it it comes we, down to it. At the if end. we go back to the theocracy, how did God set it into motion? Because God built that government, and there was a way that he dealt with the medical aspect of it. And if you're wanting to help other people, you know, get by, and you want people to see and hear the gospel, then instead of having the bureaucracy, having uh, uh, the, uh, what's it called, you know, with a welfare, and, you're, and, and they're paying out all these money <laughs> to help poor folk, why ain't the church doing it? Because if it was really that, and, 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 you know, if people recognize that you ain't just given to a church system or a church building or to a preacher, but in reality, what you give, God receives that as his coming to him personal. Mm-hmm. And you recognize, well, I'm giving to God, so it really doesn't matter how much I give. You see what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. what they do, it if they do it wrong, that's between them and God. I gave to God. Mm-hmm. See, now, yeah. now, if we're giving in that manner that we recognize we're giving to God, then God's moving on the hearts of individuals or on churches or bodies to, to reach out and, and do these things, you know? That was one thing I brought up on a few Sundays ago. Is like the widow who gave her might, and Jesus said she gave the most. And he's, he's blessing her. He's pleased with her. Who was she donating to? To the Pharisees who were going to crucify Jesus. But he didn't, that wasn't the point. They're going to use this money to send, to pay Judas 30 silver. No, he said, she's giving to God. And mm-hmm. he admired her heart for it. Yeah. So recognize that when you give. You yeah. Know. So, you know, I don't know. In our church, I never, I never give in an envelope, dude. Never do. I never write it down. I just put it in the plate or put it in the box because you know what? I figure, and I don't care about no tax break on it. I don't, I mean, so good people do that, but I figure God keeps a better record than the IRS anyway. You know? <laughs> Desi's a smart lady and does the books and business well, I'm sure. But God keeps a better record than her. You know? Yeah. So, and I, I've learned way back years ago, years ago, you know, that uh, I, I was going to church and I was going out the door, and in those days you could still fill your truck for 20 bucks. You know, and uh, Wanda and I had this blue Mitsubishi pickup, and I was going out the door, and I knew I had enough gas to get to church, but I didn't have enough to get home, and I knew I had $20 in my wallet, so I wanted to make sure that I had that 20 right? And so I opened it up, and I went, all right, I got that $20, okay. I can get to church, and I'll put the 20 in and get back home. Now, we're on on time to church. There's one of the few times we're on time. We don't be on time no more. Because if we're on time, my wife likes to go right up front. I don't like to be right up front. I like to be a little further back, you know. <laughs> and uh, just in case there's a fire, I can get out faster. No. <laughs> but we're there, and the Reverend's giving his offering speech. And now the bucket's starting to come, you know. And as the bucket's starting to come, I hear the voice. And the voice says, give the 20. I said, I can't do that, sir. I said, that's only $20, God. I said, I'm going to run out of gas on the way home. And now the buckets come to the end of my road, and I hear it a second time, give the 20. I said, I can't do that, sir. I said, it's only $20 I got. I said, I'm going to run out of gas on the way home. I said, I don't even got diapers for my baby. 
You know, now the thing's coming down right row and getting close. And I hear the voice a third time say, give the 20. And I almost argued the third time. And I went, all right, sir, I'll do it. I opened my wallet when I did. Now, man, I know there was one $20 bill in there because I reached in and, you know, I got that. I needed a no. And when I opened my wallet, dude, there were two $20 bills in there. And I was like, God, you knew all along there was two in there. And you left me think there was one. I said, that ain't funny. Then I was like, God, you done wouldn't count up at it at 20. I said, I'm going to get in trouble. And I thought, wait a minute. If God made it, can't nobody tell, boy. I took and put it in the plate when it went by. And I went out and I put the $20 in my gas tank and drove home. Next day, a man who I'd only met a week before showed up at my house. And he says, hey, man, look. I think God told me to give you this. And he handed me a check for $200. God gave me the 20 to put in there. And then gave me the 200. So I not only was able to gas my truck, but I paid for the diapers for my baby and everything else. You know, and I realized, I think God was, it was a test. God going, are you willing to give me all that you have? Mm-hmm. Are you willing to give it all to me? If you're willing to give it all to me, I'm going to blow your mind. Because I'm going to give you the one to put in there, and then I'm going to bless you for putting it in there. <laughs> See? So, if you realize, you know, you're just giving it to God. Don't hesitate to give. Yeah. Now, I argued with him. I, did, I admit I argued with him as it came down the road, you know. But, <laughs> but the point of the story is, I did eventually, <laughs> you know. Yeah. That's why Pete gives me so much hope. Because of how many times he argued with Jesus, you know? <laughs> but it's uh, it's more honest to to argue than to ignore. Well, yeah, absolutely. He talked about the son who, who was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Then he goes and does it. And the other son, yeah, okay. Never does it. You know, which yeah. one obeyed? Well, the second guy lied like a rug, <laughs> you know? Second guy, first guy flat out said no, but then he's like, well, yeah. You know, my pop's a pretty good guy, and I actually do kind of like him, so I'm going to go out there and help him, you know. (laughs) And the beauty of it is when a son did that, he wasn't looking for no reward. He went and did it out of love and obedience. See what I'm saying? Even though he argued at first, you know. Mm -hmm. How do we get on that part? I don't remember, but, you know. (laughs) We're giving it out anyway, so, you know. (laughs)